activate. Are you ready? AI Nexus Hello, good morning. Welcome to another exciting edition of AI Nexus Podcast. I am joined by our esteemed host, Newton. How are you doing, Newton? How's your week? How's your uh, morning been so far? It's been a great morning, Elias. Hello, listeners. Uh, It's been a really hectic week, but just glad to be here again, bringing the latest in AI to our listeners. So yeah. How are you, Elias? You okay? I'm doing good. Doing great, actually. It's been a good week. Been just kind of winding down to uh, get ready for this coming week. It's going to be very hectic. I've got uh, several live events and summits that I'll be doing over the next uh, couple of weeks. So it's going to be a very busy time for myself. So excited to get to really end the week on a high note with our podcast. It's always an enjoyable thing, Newton. And well, Newton, no, I was actually um, checking out the news and saw that the Beatles' final song, Now and Then, is to be released thanks to AI technology. And I kind of had to take a pause back and I was looking a little bit further and it looks like that their uh, software developed for Peter Jackson's documentary. Now, for those of us Mm -hmm. listening who don't know who Peter Jackson is, he, uh, think Lord of the Rings. Right, he was the the director for that. Yeah, big big name. So his documentary that he's coming out with, uh, Get Back, actually has been used to separate Lennon's voice from a demo tape he left to Paul McCartney. So now, yeah, so now and then, the long-awaited final Beatles song featuring all four members is actually set to be released next week thanks to the same AI tech that was used to enhance the audio on Peter Jackson's documentary, Get Back. Now, Newton is uh, quoted as saying, there it is, John's voice, crystal clear. And that's coming from Paul McCartney. You know, he's he himself is just blown away at this. So I'm just so curious to see what's going to wind up happening with, are we about to see like a resurgence of our favorite actors and actresses and musicians kind of come back to screen because for our listeners um just another quick point right quick newton is last night we actually lost uh our esteemed actor matthew perry uh oh i saw that yeah so the the guy in friends right exactly yeah and uh very sudden i want to say he was 54 55 years old and he uh, he drowned in his uh his jacuzzi but I bring, I bring that up, though, because it just it makes me think over the next couple of years, are we going to start seeing some of these artists that have passed away start to make a comeback with music, you know? 
first of all, rest in peace to to the actor from Friends. Uh, I, I never watched Friends, but yeah, rest in peace to him. And um, drowning in your own home, it's one of the worst ways to go, really, you know. And to your previous point, it's really a good feeling to watch this harmonious marriage between artificial intelligence and artists. This coming up after what we've had with the, with the strike, the writer strike and the actor strike as well. It's good to hear that there are useful works coming up where artificial intelligence has been able to find a place alongside the work done by artists. And you know, Elias, you know very well how in our previous episodes we spoke at length about how the big AI companies such as OpenAI, Meta, Google, and um, Stability AI, how they have um, recently been facing this slew of um, lawsuits from angry artists, right? Claiming their copyrighted material was scraped without their consent and without them receiving any financial um, compensation. Yeah. Well, Recently, um, I don't know if you heard, Elias, but a team at the University of Chicago created this tool called Nightshade. And this tool has the potential to, you know, tip the power balance from these AI companies back into the hands of artists for the very first time. You know, Nightshade is a way to fight back these companies who, you know, without any explicit permission from creators and artists, still proceed to scrape their hard work from the internet and use them to train their AI models and even profit from them too, Hmm. you know? It allows artists to add invincible changes to the pixels in their art so that if the art gets scraped in the future into some AI training data set, it can cause the resulting AI model to break in chaotic and unpredictable ways, you know? So yeah, uh, that sounds like a, a small win for artists yet again. That's amazing news, Newton, because, you know, I, I myself, I consume a lot of content and there's a couple of different content creators that I've seen that are turning to their followers for help. Um, a couple of them particularly saw there's this company that is using their likeness and their whole identity and persona, voice, everything, and basically created a whole nother avatar. And this person's trying to go after them legally, and they're having a little bit of trouble doing so. You know, I know that uh, the the UK, the US, and China, and these major countries, they're trying to get on, you know, board with regulations, but it's, it's tough and that takes time. I know that really what puts the ball back into our court, content creators courts, um, really what brings us back to power is hitting these companies' bottom lines. I don't know if you know this or not, but Google actually was getting a class action lawsuit brought up against them by a numerous amount of artists because Google was scraping the web for training their AI models. And there's a couple of other uh, companies that did the same. And part of the reason for the lawsuit is they didn't get permission to do that, to use these digital artworks, because some of their art is very prevalent in these, these images that are being claimed mm-hmm. just to be AI artwork. 
you know? So I'm, I'm happy to hear that these tools are starting to be used more and more and more to be able to put power back into people's hands because what's it going to look like when, you know, the landscape has changed and mixed reality and virtual reality really take hold, you know, I mean, real time generative AI is going to wind up being a thing. And it's, it's scary to really think about, you know, Newton, one, one of the cool things, another tool that I actually saw had come out was, um, you remember Newton, we we're talking about AI hallucinations. Yeah. A group of artificial intelligence researchers from the university of science and technology over in China and Tencent U2 Lab have actually developed an innovative framework coined as Woodpecker, designed to correct those hallucinations in multimodal large language models. And so the research paper outlining the groundbreaking approach was actually published on the popular preprint server ARXIV under the title Woodpecker, Hallucination Correction for Multimodal Large Language Models. And for those of you that are curious what that preprint server is, it's actually where a lot of academic research papers are published. So everything from mathematics to physics to computational science to the, the full gambit, anything you could think of, it's there. So for our listeners that maybe want to bookmark that, it's A-R-X-I-V. And a quick Google search will get you right there. So they're actually quoted Newton as saying, hallucination is a big shadow hanging over the rapidly evolving multimodal large language models, referring to the phenomenon that the generated text is inconsistent with the image content. Now, the researchers also note in their paper that existing solutions mainly resort to an instruction tuning manner that requires retraining the models with specific data which can be data and computation intensive. So there are really five stages of the woodpecker framework. So like a woodpecker hills trees, Newton, it picks out and corrects hallucinations from the generated text. Hmm. So the stages here, Newton, are meant to work in harmony to validate and correct any inconsistencies between image content and generated text. What happens is first, it identifies the main objects mentioned in the text. Then it asks the questions around the extracted objects, such as their number and attributes. The framework answers these questions using expert models in a process called visual knowledge validation. Following this, it then converts the question answer pairs into a visual knowledge base consisting of object level and attribute level claims about the image and Newton, finally, Woodpecker modifies the hallucinations and adds the corresponding evidence under the guidance of the visual knowledge base. So something cool as well, Newton, is the researchers have actually released the source code for Woodpecker, encouraging further exploration and application of the framework by the wider AI community. So I'm, I'm very, I haven't gotten a chance to play around with this yet, but I'm very excited to. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, Elias. I haven't heard of this woodpecker, but definitely after this episode, I would I would go look it up. Sounds like a much needed tool 
especially for what's going on right now with the AI hallucinations just um, destroying the internet we once knew, you know? Thanks for sharing that. Um, and again, it just adds to what we've always speculated, uh, the breakneck speed at which, you know, the the proliferation of AI software continues to evolve. It's, uh, it's mind-blowing, you know? And I bet you in the time it will take us to host this episode, Elias, um, at least one new AI startup company will be formed and it will probably also raise capital too, you know? Um, just like the AI pin as well, a new tool raised by the company Humane. Huh. Yeah, Humane is one of those companies that has, you know, always kept its work discreet and away from the prying eyes of the press. But um, recently, it has been making quite a lot of noise, I would say. You know, hyping its soon-to-be-released AI tool, a wearable device it is calling the AI pin. Quite um, quite a bland name, I would say. You know, and I think at the recent Fashion Week event we had in Paris, um, they had models, including Naomi Campbell, who wear these AI pins in plain view of the audience. And um, Time Magazine also recently dubbed AI pin as um, one of the best inventions of 2023, Elias. Interestingly, all these hypes are coming in even before the device itself is, is made generally available for the public to inspect or use. You know, this AI pin is designed in such a way that it can be attached magnetically to your clothing, right? where it will serve as some form of a personal assistant that you can verbally communicate with. I think the goal was um, to have a device that takes things one step further from smartphones. Smartphones, as you know, typically still require you to browse apps or type in questions or request for translations or do something that, that would mean you have to peer into the device, spend time looking, you know, with your head down in public and taking your attention from what's going on around you. This device, however, this AI pin, it can hang right there on your chest, right? And you can engage in a conversation with it. It can respond with whatever information you seek as though you were communicating with a real life, you know, human companion. It can even translate your sentences into different languages and speak in your voice and likeness to a listener, Elias. Wow. You know, Newton, I'm ecstatic to hear about this tool. And it's just, especially when you mentioned the fact that it's going to be able to do, you know, real-time language translation, it, it always just makes me think back to why, why is this not available right now to everybody? I mean, I know that, I think it was Google, it came out with the solution and then there was another company that came out or it was like called Babel, where it was like in-ear, in real time language translation. But you'd figure these tools would be much more in demand. So what it kind of makes me think though is when I saw Meta's partnership with Ray-Band, so it makes me think, well, shoot, there's going to be a time, and I think within the next year, where it doesn't matter what language you speak or what you're looking at, you'll have real-time on-demand language translation. 
So something that I'm very, very excited about, Newton, I think it's definitely going to be game changing because I mean, these, these, these things are, these things are getting to be affordable to where, you know, for below a hundred bucks and below 50 bucks, these solutions can be had to where they're subsidized. I mean, the possibilities are endless, Newton. So I'm just, I'm, I'm very excited about that specifically because uh, language is something that I, I also have an affinity for and that I studied actually for quite some time. But uh, yeah, no, it is great, great news to bring to the table. I, I uh, was not aware of that tool. So that, yeah, thank you for bringing that to the table. It's hard not to um, recognize the tool, so to say. I mean, they've been making quite, as I said previously, quite a lot of noise of late, you know. Imagine going to watch a fashion show and have, you know, the models walking down the aisle, you know, with the device visibly planted on their shirt, you know, in plain view of the entire world. It piqued my interest and I just had to go look it up. And uh, and the translation is just one of the other things it's promising to bring on. There are other use cases as well. And to be honest with you, I don't think anyone in the world right now, outside of the company Humane, understands the full use cases for this tool because they have kept everything on the down low for so long you know no one really understands how this this tool would differ from what we currently have in the market you know so yeah Elias uh, we just have to wait and see the sooner they have this device released to the public the better off they will be oh yeah you know yes it's like right now it's like this war this battle this race to see who gets there first and Speaking of, you know, races and wars, I wanted to kind of touch upon the topic I was uh, reading this past week. It looks like Microsoft is actually winning the AI cloud war. Earnings actually show that Microsoft has a significant advantage in the AI cloud services realm, which is not surprising, but still interesting. So they're actually outpacing Amazon and Google. So the Azure cloud unit reported about 29% growth attributed to high demand for chat GPT powered AI services and office-based products An attractive bundled pricing and integration and monetization strategy is even luring previous open AI users. So now it was revealed that over 18,000 companies are opting for Azure and about 40% of Fortune 500 companies are experimenting with Copilot. So the upcoming launch of 365's new $30 a month AI service, which can summarize a day's worth of emails in a quick update, is actually anticipated to further boost adaptation. Google Cloud, on the other hand, Newton, actually slowed by 6%, meaning it hasn't yet reaped significant financial benefits from its AI services. And over half of funded AI startups are using Google Cloud. But this startup focus and slower rollout is delaying the earnings boost from the new tech as most cloud spending is coming from enterprise clients. Now, Amazon's disclosures show that AWS cloud units growth dropped just to 12% year over year, way down from 28% in Q3 of 22. Now, Newton, given the OpenAI Alliance, 
Microsoft's early lead isn't unexpected. But the true test will likely come in 2024 when Google Gemini launches and Apple launches its new AI strategy. Now, unlike many others who are touting their AI story, Microsoft is capable of delivering meaningful AI products to their customers. That kind of um, offers an explanation to the recent investment Google made in Anthropic. Don't know if you heard of that. Yes. A fleeting news that caught my eye the past week. I saw Google had committed to contributing up to $2 billion to support the work done by Anthropic, right? And their cloud chatbot, you know? So yeah, I mean, if Microsoft is um, has taken the lead, as you said, of course, they have the, the backing of OpenAI. Uh, I'm not so surprised. But now I can see, you know, Google trying to form a similar alliance with what I would say is probably the next biggest chatbot anyways in the market, Claude, right? So yeah, an investment of $2 billion in that regard. They're coming in with their guns blazing as well. You know, this is uh, the battle of the titans here. Oh yeah, major player. And that brings us to our close, Newton. So I know that it was an exciting episode, lots of information that we covered. So once again, for our listeners out there, please make sure to like, subscribe, comment, and follow us on social media. We appreciate your continued support. Newton? Yes, indeed. You know, we'll be back again next week, all fired up and ready to keep you abreast of the latest development in the AI space. So until next time. All right, listeners, thank you. Have a wonderful rest of the day. Good night. AI Nexus.